Welcome to Notes from the North with Kyle and Sam. Welcome back to Notes from the North, your go-to Minnesota Vikings podcast. Before we get started, we want to offer our thanks to Purple Pain Forums for allowing us to post our podcast there. If you're looking for an online forum for passionate Vikings fans, feel free to check out purplepainforums.com. We also want to give a shout out to Purple PTSD for giving us the chance to post our podcast as well. There as well. Be sure to go and check out the great Vikings coverage at purpleptsd.com. Kyle, we're back with another summer edition and kind of been brainstorming different ideas about what to talk about, different themes, trying to keep things fun. There's not a whole lot of Vikings news. Uh, so today we are talking a little bit about some what ifs, the, the classic everyone's favorite favorite revisionist history kind of approach to a conversation. And I think maybe we'll preface it as saying that we're not here to say, well, you know what, if only this and this, this happened, the Vikings could have gone 17 and no perfect mm-hmm. seasons, multiple Super Bowls, uh, but more just kind of a fun thing of looking back at even re- recent history. Cause I know there's a lot of what ifs over the span of the Vikings history as a franchise uh, different moments. I think people can already start to think about different moments that if something had happened, if the field goal had been made, uh, whatever, whatever it was, uh, things could have been different for this Vikings team. But mm-hmm. what we are doing today is looking a little bit at the Mike Zimmer era for this football team. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's exactly it. Uh, main goal of this is just to circle back, offer our takes on kind of the what if from the past eight years. I, I was surprised when I noticed there's eight years under Mike mm-hmm. Zimmer. Yeah. Uh, and so, again, this is not in any way a shot at Mike Zimmer. There's no way saying that he did a poor job. But more the way that we'll approach this is just thinking about different decisions that were made along the way, some by him, some even not by him, uh, that have shaped his time in Minnesota. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I mean, he came aboard back in 2014. Uh, by the end, he coached 129 games with the Vikings, uh, finished with a 562 winning percentage. And both those numbers, the amount of games coached and the winning percentage, third in team history, right? So uh, in one sense, you know, he did reasonably well. Uh, obviously kind of ended in disappointment, but, and like Sam was saying, not really here to blame Zim or anything like that, just basically establishing some borders for the discussion since we're just coming off the Zim era to talk about some of these what-ifs that maybe some of us wonder about. Yeah, yeah. And I think you covered just most of his history there, brought over in 2014, mm-hmm. previously defensive uh, coach for Bengals, yeah. uh, kind of was seen as this defensive mind coach in the NFL, and Minnesota needed that boost uh, the, that approach on defense. Uh, and so Zimmer gave them that boost. Uh, and I think there's certainly, you can look at his tenure. Eight, eight years is a long time. And there's a lot of transitions that can happen for a team. And you can see there are some really good years, some more difficult years. And certainly the last couple of years have been, uh, have not helped his record. Uh, that, that record that you mentioned that, that yep. five six two yep. win percentage. Uh, so let's, just go back and forth. I'll, I'll turn it over to you first for your first what if from the Zimmer era 
as a head coach mm-hmm. in Minnesota? First one, and this has always been the main one in my mind, is what if they picked Aaron Donald instead of Anthony Barr in that first draft? Uh, as I was back in 2014, first draft as head coach, I know everyone in their mind is going to think Kirk Cousins, and I get that. I'm intentionally avoiding that option because it's, such, it's the obvious one. The main one that I, and this is genuinely the one that I've always thought, what if? Because Anthony Barr turned into, you know, a good player. You know, he's a good, good player, but not um, elite, historically great like Aaron Donald. I was looking at his PFF grades the other day. Uh, he has finished first in the PFF rankings at defensive tackle every single year of his career except for one year. And that was in his rookie season. And in his rookie season, he finished second. So he's either been the second best or since then the first best uh, defensive player of the year, Super Bowl champion. I would say that he maybe deserves Super Bowl MVP over Cooper Cup, but I didn't get a vote. Um, you always kind of wondered, or I've always kind of wondered if they had Aaron Donalds. No sense of exaggeration to say one of the best to ever do it, one of the best to ever play. Um, how much different would that Mike Zimmer defense have been? How much more scary? Um, just an elite, elite player. That's that's the one that sticks out in my mind. I think that's really fair. Like that's an incredible player. I so as a sports fan and covering multiple drafts, I think it is so easy sometimes to look back and know, choose yeah. these picks. But exactly. I'm curious, like at the time, because I can't remember what the conversation or the discourse was around that pick like was there people making a real argument for Donald at the time or like I, I guess I'm I'm kind of curious about that because it's like certainly now it's like you look at that draft and he goes first overall uh, oh yeah 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 and like it's yeah. just not even a question oh yeah so like what did he fall I, I can't I just I don't remember I don't know if you know the answer to what he I've, he was projection think- was yeah, I think part of the issue was that I think I seem to recall hearing some rumblings recently about, um, you know, how there was discussion between Barr and Donald. But I think part of the issue was that in 2013, of course, the year before, Minnesota's first pick in the first round was Sharif Floyd, who was also a defensive tackle. And, and there was, you know, at the time, there was legitimate optimism that Floyd would go on to be, you know, really, really good. And he was actually, Floyd was projected to go considerably higher ended up dropping into the 20s. Vikings seemed to be thrilled to get him where they did. Um, so I just think there is a sense of, well, we already have the young upside tackle to fill that role. Um, and so we'll do bar instead. So we'll pick bar instead. Uh, and looking back, that was the wrong decision. <laughs> I, yeah. I would say. I would say, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, because again, this goes back to, like there's always this balance of position of need and exactly. best player available uh yeah. and I, I guess it's curious like i'm lo- looking at so bar went nine uh donald went 13 so it's not yeah. like a stretch i think for you to to put those two in the same category no. of like it was very no. close like sometimes it's just like oh this guy fell to 28 and it's yeah. like oh we could have picked him it's like well like everyone else passed on too like it's there is certainly some connection there and, and even the pick before that uh, is obj at 12 yeah, yeah that's uh, right and again that's a completely different conversation and story yeah. uh, so if donald ends up on this team what 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 do you foresee happening like what how does that 
change, even just like thinking about yeah. that team at that point and adding him into that. Uh, I'm trying to remember the Vikings roster again. I'm new to Vikings fandom. So I'm sure just, I know that there were certainly some good moments and good players in that defense. Like who would have he like been paired with, uh, especially early on? Yeah. We'll just think like, so even go back to 2015, say, and that was going to be my next one. Uh, the miss Blair Walsh's miss against um, Seattle, not making that field goal. And you kind of think if he hit that, does that kind of change some of the conversation around um, this Vikings team? But then you think then also in that 2015 draft, that's when they got Eric Hendricks. That's when they get to Neil Hunter. They already have Everson Griffin. Um, they already have Harrison Smith. And so you kind of think if you put Aaron Donald into that equation, I mean, you still have Daniel Hunter, Eric Hendricks, and Harrison Smith still as your defensive leaders, right? Even today. And Aaron Donald would still be one of our defensive leaders today, assuming that he, you know, had a similar career and 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 they were able to resign him and, and, and all this stuff. Um, so you kind of immediately would almost partner him with some strong talent and uh and end up having a pretty impressive team. And you kind of wonder, do you even get to that spot? I mean, if you have Aaron Donald just dominant against Seattle in that game in 2015. Do you even have to worry about uh field goal at the end? Uh, you, so you just kind of wonder how much, because it just changes the complexion of your defense. He demands so much attention. Um, so I'll kind of wrap that into my second one in 2015. Um, maybe Blair Walsh doesn't even have to worry about that. And and he had hit pre, uh, three field goals prior to missing that one at the end of the game. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe Blair Walsh is still still an NFL kicker. So there's, it's impossible to say, obviously. Um, but he would have partnered with some great talent. Yeah. And uh, it could have been a very just dynamic, impressive team. Um, Xavier Rhodes was on the team at that time, and he was his career was on the incline. Oh, man, it, it could have been really good. Yeah. Well, again, these are like to get impact players – Early on, we've talked about how important that is, and like to yep. add uh, an Aaron Donald, and and I know I've sent you some graphs from uh, the different analytics people have done on Aaron Donald, and he is just such a different, oh, yeah. like it's just yeah. unbelievable. And so, yeah, you talk about 2015, like it's just again, these are this is kind of the fun part of the what ifs is that we could go so far, and again, and I I don't hear you saying that would have won the Super Bowl, uh, but. But maybe yeah. like you just you think about just chain of events and and maybe you just you don't get to a spot where you need yeah. that field goal. You do wonder. I'm, I'm not saying maybe 2017, right? Like when we were 13 and three, when the defense was already the best in the league. I mean, what do you do if you actually have Aaron Donald in the defense too? Um, so I, I you, you just wonder, right? You you just wonder. Uh, he is that good where he just makes life easier for basically everyone else, even the offense, just insofar as you're going to get better field position and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he has that much of an impact. And so he's the main one for me, but I've been also say 2015 Blair Walsh. If they win that game, does that kind of change how we perceive this team and Mike Zimmer and being clutch and winning important games, et cetera. Those, those are my first two. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll shoot here and and this yeah. is this is maybe another the big what ifs and again yeah. this is not a Zimmer decision uh, but 
what if Kirk Cousins doesn't end up signing in Minnesota as a free agent? Right. Uh, and right. again, that's a there's a lot of wildcards there. I know that there was a lot of um, uncertainty at the quarterback position, and him coming in really solidified that. And I think, at least from what I can remember, there was a lot of like, you know what? Here is this some stability at quarterback. This like exactly. Kirk Cousins, like there's not often quarterbacks like him that become free agents. And yep. there was a lot of buzz and like he signed a big contract. Um, and again, Kirk Cousins is one of these players that people have different opinions on. Uh, I think no one can say he's not at least a very good or average quarterback. I think like mm-hmm. whether you're, where you place him, I, I don't, I don't see you being able to place him lower than league average. Uh, mm-hmm. given that upside of him being in that, conversation around top 10 um but yeah what what happens if Kirk Cousins decides to yep. sign somewhere else yeah I mean the Jets if memory serves the Jets offered more money right and he chose Minnesota because it was a better situation um and since being fired I think the the quotes have come back you know Zim talking this is prior to um prior to the whole Kirk Cousins stuff and it's easy you know he was never seemed to be fully sold in Case Keenum. Bridgewater had the injury. Bradford had the injuries. Uh, and then there's the Kirk Cousins option. But then there's Zim kind of before all this stuff shaking out, saying something to the effect of, well, we don't want to. We're a defensive team. We succeed largely because of defense. We don't want to spend so much on a quarterback that it hinders the rest of the roster. Uh, and then, they, you know, they went and signed the quarterback kind of thing. And they've been able to kind of finagle things to a certain extent and certainly keep a lot of notable players. But you know, there is still an impact. And so you do kind of wonder, uh, and some have suggested, I don't know where I fall in this, but some have suggested that it was a little bit prophetic in a sense, where Zim was warning about maybe some of these issues arising with paying too much money for a quarterback. And um, I don't know. So I guess you can make your own decisions on whether uh, whether that contract maybe contributed to um, some of the decline elsewhere, maybe not having as much money to address some of the other needs. Right. So if, if it's not Kirk Cousins, then who would it have been? Cause it feels like there's a, right. like a big, well, that's the issue. Uncertainty yeah. there. Like who, that's, who that's are you the signing then? Like, and yeah. like, do they end up being this team that is still looking for a quarterback five years later, trying yep. to find someone in the draft going through that signing the Mitchell Trubisky's of the world or yep. that, just trying to figure that out. And, and uh, yeah, again, it'd be ideal if you can have very good players at small money, but that doesn't work like that. Uh, exactly. So I don't know. I, again, I, I think that people could look back and say, well, Kirk Cousins hasn't done anything in the sense of it's not like they've, won the super bowl so I was like, what have they done really so like what do you yeah. you could easily say well it wasn't worth it but at the point in time like you are making signings to give your chance a team to or your team a chance to win exactly uh, and that's what they were doing with kirk yep yeah they, they felt this was the best chance or at least spielman felt in, in the maybe zim didn't feel that way but you do wonder yeah yeah very interesting and and again 
yeah, who I I just that like it's talking such an important position. So I, I don't know. I don't I just don't know where where uh it would be really interesting to see where this team is a quarterback because that is that can be a really frustrating conversation oh, when yeah. you don't have yeah any certainty at that position. Yeah. And it's like if you don't have the starting pitching in baseball, if you don't have good goaltending in hockey, it's just it's so kind of just discouraging. You're just spinning your tires. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, I think you got one more. What if? Yeah, I'll do the I'll do the last one here before we wrap up. Um, and this one doesn't even necessarily. It's both a Vikings decision, but it's really in, in a lot of ways not even primarily a Vikings decision, but it's one that has had a major impact. What if the Philadelphia Eagles back in 2020, instead of drafting Jalen Rieger at 21, they drafted Justin Jefferson. Mm. So they draft a wide receiver. The Vikings are nervous and they pick Jalen Rieger instead of Justin Jefferson. And so, and then of course, we've all seen the video of Spielman and Zim laughing and, and them getting Jefferson and just being just like giddy, just, just like they can't believe that Jefferson actually um, was there at 22 as opposed to you know, going at 21 to Philly, who, um, uh, you know, obviously could have used them like every other team in the NFL could use a sensational young wide receiver. So that that one to me is um, a massive miss by Philadelphia. Really bad. But then uh, Minnesota has just benefited so tremendously through two years and hopefully, you know, well beyond just these two years kind of thing. Right. Well, and again, I'm glad you brought this one up because I think it's easy to like bring up these things that would have improved. I wanted the positive to end. Yeah. 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 But, but this is certainly like the, we, again, this is where we go back to draft. And I was interesting as I was looking at that 2014 draft, I've, it's always been a hobby of mine to go back to like draft from eight, 10 years ago after you really seen things shake out and just see where things happen it's like well, how did someone fall like that and i think exactly. already you can tell two years later that that was a big mistake by the eagles uh and like yep. that was just a it was a gift really and again 21 other or well, i guess 20 other teams other than the philadelphia eagles passed on jefferson mm-hmm. but he fell in their lap and i i pulled up the draft quick here trying to figure out so if it wasn't jefferson who do you go to uh, like, I, I don't know if they would have picked Rieger. Uh, like you look down the list of even wide receivers, uh, you got Brandon Aik, uh, T Higgins, Pittman Jr. T Higgins uh, is a good player. Yeah. I mean, he's and, not Jefferson, but T Higgins is a very, very good wide receiver. Um, also Clay, uh, Chase Claypool is here. Uh, yeah. you, and, but like, again, those are, those are, there's several good receivers in there. Uh, none of them are Jefferson. No. No, and like no, so that's the thing. It just, it's just such a massive win for the Vikings. Yeah, like I don't know who else they like if they're focused on that. Like it's just that is certainly a win, and that's one of those situations as a draft where you just you're kind of waiting to see what falls to you. Um, exactly, and they were able to make make that work because, um, yeah, yeah, what a what a win for uh, for the Vikings. That's my that's my positive. What if, uh, and I'm happy that it turned out the way that it did. Yes, yes, absolutely. I don't think I don't think there. I think this may be one of the only indisputable. Uh, everyone agrees with oh, yeah. uh, 
with uh, with takes. So I, I like the way that we end, ended there. Good, good. We'll we'll wrap up there. Uh, kind of fun. Uh, go go check out past drafts. Uh, mm. Kind of uh, fun. Although I think keeping that mindset that Kyle's done there of of the way that you can win. Because even I was looking at Anthony Barr, and there's a couple of picks that were made before him of guys that were out of the league and like aren't playing anymore. Yeah. Uh, top 10 picks that are, are, are gone. And so bar has been a serviceable player. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. And, and so uh, anyways, we'll wrap up there. Take care, everyone. Have a good week and uh, we'll be back soon. <laughs>